0: <laughs> but to me, the moon is like a big white
1: pizza pie. Oh, how unusual! Hey. White pizza. Oh, I think it looks like a a great camembert cheese. Oh, sure. Now that's a Norman's apple. No, 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 pizza, pizza! <laughs> but what do you think, Cyrano? What yeah. do I think? For me, the full moon over Paris ah. is like nothing else. Uh-huh. It is for this uniqueness that the word itself stands. Exactly. Singular object of moonness. The moon. La lune. La luna plena. What I want to know is what the moon looks like to someone who comes from there. (laughs) Oh, like the man in the moon? The man from the moon, rather. (laughs) For, of course, to Cyrano, it is not enough to be the greatest of the Gasco musketeers. He must also be a philosopher, a playwright, an inventor. Indeed, (laughs) I play at everything, (laughs) Louis. Uh, Perhaps this man from the moon will have a large nose, eh? (laughs) What? Marco, you must not mention. I heard what you said. Now draw your sword, ma'am, and say whatever prayers you do in Italy. But there is one thing I never joke about as every Frenchman knows. And that word being said, there is no expression in Italian or in French which will stay my sword's great appetite. Ha! Hé là! Other Worlds. A voyage to the moon and to the sun in the year 1650. A dramatization of the account by Sauvignon de Cyrano Berzerain. Hé là! <laughs> Hé là! bad, signore! Perhaps you know this one as well. Ah, but, Cyrano, ah, stop! He didn't what? know. What do you mean? You lummox. He's a stranger here. Our guest. Stop! <laughs> it is not polite. For this to be funny or fair, the man must know in advance of your humor. <laughs> we were having a friendly chat. <laughs> We were talking about the moon for pizza. All right, for pizza, if you will. But from now on. From now on? I.
0: Uh,
1: how do you say? From now on, he knows. Ah! It is just as well, for I would hate to kill a man here on my own doorstep. Oh, be assured, Signor Cirano. I am likewise pleased to spare you injury in front of your neighbors. Uh... So, if you will simply permit me to bid you good night. Yes, of course. But they are all asleep. Let us not wake them. Good night to you, then. Good night, Louis. Uh,
0: May the moonlight not uh, disturb you.
1: It's good to be home. But this book wasn't here before. Has someone been in here? Hello? Hello? No. Why, I don't even think this book is mine. What's this? Sitting in my room one night, by the light of a full moon, two tall old men passed directly through the solid oaken slab that is my door. Imagine that. And at the full moon as well. I discovered that they were, or said they were, issued from and inhabitants of that same silver orb which we call the moon. What? They presently disappeared exactly as they had come. Wait a moment. Someone is having me on. What is this? The works of Jerome Cardan on subtleness, subtle effects, and occult causes, and the reasons thereof. Huh. Could that Italian have put this here to mock me further? No, he could not have gotten up here before me. Unless he could fly, of course. Ah, would you look at that moon? This can't just be a coincidence. Perhaps it was Lucinda. Yet, my door was locked, wasn't it? It appears to be in good order. Could it be Cardan's mysterious visitors came here? I can't imagine anyone could walk through this. People in the moon. The only way to find out would be to go there. Cardan doesn't say how to do that. But whoever put this book here did so as a challenge. And I cannot refuse. Perhaps with dear Lucinda's help. By placing the dew from your rose garden in these tiny crystal bottles, which I attach to my coat here, and here, and... Oh! oh.
0: Careful, Theranora! You look ridiculous, you know.
1: (laughs) And so, then, when the sun rises and warms the dew, it exercises a power of attraction which will lift me up...
0: But if it works!
1: When it works, dear Lucinda, when
0: it works... Since it works, then? Yes? Why do you need to climb up here on the roof? Huh? Well, wouldn't it work from down there in the garden?
1: I suppose so, but... Oh, never mind. Here comes the sun.
0: I always suspected you were mad, Cyrano, but this confirms it.
1: Trust me, Lucinda. I am going where no man has ever gone before. You see? It's working. Or well, at least if they have, they haven't come back to tell about it.
0: And what if you don't come back either? How will I get my perfume bottles back?
1: I'll be back. And your bottles will be the least of what I'll bring you. Why, I promise you, a piece of the moon. Don't worry. Farewell. Oh, I do believe. Why, yes, that must be England and the Isle of Man. And there's Ireland. But what is this? Thus I began the voyage, which I was sure would make my name a hearthold word all across Europe. I rose, but instead of approaching the moon as I thought I would, it became further and further distant. Fortunately, I brought this mallet. Down we go! So I broke a number of the glass vials, until I felt my weight begin to overcome the power of attraction, and I began to descend towards the earth. Look. Oh, Whoa! You know like? Yes, look out! Be careful! Oh fuck you? What is it? They're just a uh, floating sky. It's a man. It Hold it right there. Ooh. Don't worry, Sergeant. I have no intention of trying to flee. <coughs> Besides, I see your men have me surrounded. You're French. How is it we don't know you? Have the vessels arrived? vessels? What for? What? Are you an idiot? Vessels, ships, anything to get us out of here. We are surrounded by the entire Iroquois nation. Do you know nothing? And why are you wearing all of those funny little bottles? Anything good in there? Only a bit of Mountain Dew, I'm afraid. Where am I? Why, Fort Saint-Jean, of course. Where did you think? In New France? Yeah, may We? Oui. Only the local inhabitants call it Quebec. And it seems they like to collect our hides. So either you join our company, or we will put you back outside the palisade, where you appear to have come from. But I have brought no weapon. Then we'll give you one. And powder as well. Troop, guard our booth. Come along. I'm taking you to see the governor. So I arose perpendicularly in France, and likewise descended perpendicularly only here in Canada. Most remarkable. And uh, what do you think caused this? I believe that while I was aloft, the Earth's rotation was sufficient to bring me over the vast Atlantic Ocean. Well, uh, we'll have to leave that kind of speculation to the Jesuit fathers. Yes, In the meantime, since you say you were a musketeer... And an excellent swordsman, so please, my lord. Yes, well, you'll learn to fire a musketeer. We'll make you a lieutenant. Have the sergeant find you a room. As you command, my lord. So my days were given over to training with the gun, learning the properties of black powder and saltpeter. My thirtieth birthday came and went, celebrated by me alone. I took my turn on guard duty, ate my meals, and slept little. There. Seems solid. I spent my nights at the arsenal, working on a machine that would enable me to pursue my new ambition in life, which was to travel to the moon. Come in. Oh, good evening, Sergeant. Shh, shh, shh. What is it, Sergeant? You seem upset. You must leave here at once, Lieutenant. Leave? But where should I go? And pray tell why? The, the, the Jesuit fathers. On to you, sir. On to me? What can you possibly mean? They, they think you must be a magician, sir. Because of what you said about the earth rotating. Ah, I see. They said they were going to. Uh, pardon me, sir burn you at the stake as an example to all. Well, I'll just have to show them a thing or two then, won't I? But I'm going to need help. Come on, Sergeant. (laughs) Where are we going? Why, to the stake, of course. Be sure to bring a match. The scripture says the earth turns because of the weight of the damned trying to climb the steep wall of hell. I believe it, though I never pay attention to such matters. Say... Where did you... This is the arsenal. Now, if you will help me move my flying machine. This? Sure. I don't see any wings. Are you sure this thing will fly? Looks more like a gallows. Right here. What is it? A rocket. Or more precisely, 18 rockets in three rolls of six each, with a wick connecting all of them together there. I'll need to light that end when I finish strapping myself in. But... You must be a magician, like I said. Don't worry about that either. Uh, there. Just hand me that match, if you say so. And Here I come go. the Iroquois! Oh, the
0: Indians! Come
1: on! Fortunately, I was ready, and it was as good a time as any, for as my machine rose over the fort, I could clearly see a wave of fierce Iroquois coming over the wall. But it was too late for me to do anything about that as I was on my way to the moon. Assuming this contraption holds together that long. Here goes the second roll of rockets. Whoa! More like it. Oh, la, la, look at that. I can see the entire globe of the Earth now. A bit larger than the one in my study, eh? Ah, when will I get back there? And I do so miss Lucilla. And ah yes, the moon seems a bit closer. Still pretty far away, though. Once I reach it, well, I suppose there's no guarantee I'll ever get back. But if the strange beings who visited Jerome Cardan came from up there, there must be a way. Oh there go the last of my rockets! hope they're enough. If I don't get to the moon, I'm truly out of luck. I've needed plenty of that during my short life and my many long campaigns. The moon still looks small, but then it is actually smaller than Earth, isn't it? What's odd is it feels like I'm going faster than before, faster all the time, and my rockets are about burned out wonder why that is. Can it be I am no longer rising, but falling? (laughs) Look out below! Hold, mortal. Do no further damage to that plant. Plant? Who said that? For it is the tree of life. It must be so, for indeed it has just now saved mine. Not at all. Who are you? Why can't I see you? Or this tree? <laughs> and those are doves. And flowers. But all I can see about me is dust and rocks. Mm-hmm. If it weren't that I can feel and hear these things, I would swear huh? that i stand on the barren surface of the moon. Oh, and so you do. Only where we stand right now is what you mortals call the Earthly Paradise. And its beauty is in every way unsurpassed. Here all those who have found favor with the Lord can hope to spend eternity. You mean this is heaven? In common parlance, yes. And this here is the tree of life grown from the very apple which Eve gave to Adam. And here I thought I was simply going to the moon. How come I can't see any of this? Because you are not dead. That will change, of course. You are no doubt aware that the moon exercises a powerful attraction over all flesh and blood. Indeed, to anything with water in it. What is less well known is that once here, the pale orb sucks the remaining vital essence from whatever it might be. Here, everything and everyone becomes quite transparent. So this is the force that drew me here from deep space. Precisely. And should you decide to stay here, living or not, the moon will draw the vital essence out of you. And I will become invisible. Yes. You will see this world better and better in any event... And there are not only trees and flowers of the loveliest kinds, set among rivers and lakes of unparalleled beauty, but also all of the nicest people. Hello, Elias. Is that a newcomer? Only a visitor, I'm afraid. I think I am beginning to see. Hmm. Welcome, Enoch. I have brought you both fresh bread from our ovens. Why, thank you. Smells wonderful. Here, take some, then. Enoch lives at the Hermitage in Thither Valley. Mm. Delicious bread. I will tell the world about it. Perhaps, sir, uh, this would be a good moment for you to tell us who you are, if it would not trouble you. Mm. Oh! Why, yes, of course. Savignon de Cyrano Bergerac, king's musketeer and writer at your service. You mean at the service of the Lord, I'm sure. At the service of my Christian Lord, yes. Mm. You must allow us to bring you to our friend John the Baptist, you know. His advice can be of great help to you. You do know who St. John the Baptist is, I trust? Oh, sure. Sure. He's the one whose soul was so eager to fly up here that he had to hold on to it with his teeth, right? What? But the Lord couldn't allow that to go on forever, what? so he sent a princess named Salome to get the man's head cut off. No,
0: I beg your pardon. No, this is... abominable. Uh, uh, yes. Be
1: gone. Don't worry. I'm going. Go publish your blasphemies in your little world.
0: Farewell, impudent. Oh, my. Atheist. Yes. Oh, dear.
1: So it was that I left the earthly paradise behind and set off across the face of the moon in search of some sign of intelligent life. For days I walked, nourished only by Enoch's heavenly bread. Unbeknownst to Elias, I had pocketed an apple from the tree of life during my fall, but this I resolved to save for Lucinda as a gift when I returned to earth. Presently, I did begin to see some of the wonders whereof Elias had spoke, but I saw no other people, living or dead, until I reached that part of the place where the sun does never shine. It was in a dim grove of what smelled like pine or hemlock that they first spoke to me.
0: Hold, stranger. Stay your step and talk with us a while.
1: Where came that voice? Tell us what you are and why you have come. Well, here they are. I am a traveler from Earth. Sauvignon de Cyrano Bejerac is my name. No, it looks more like a monkey to me.
0: Except for his very large... Sword? For surely
1: my lady was not going God, to say... Put
0: up your weapon, traveler. Uh, at last. Oh, at last. We are Blanche and Isildras, the queen and prince consort of this land of the moon. And what, this is our Prime Minister, what, what, the Count what, de Lunel. What,
1: what, what, Cavade, what, 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 heart! Surround him, and... That's it!
0: Answered already.
1: Her Majesty wants no fight, but wishes to speak with you. All right, then. I am likewise eager to talk to you.
0: Excellent. Then come to our palace and tell us all what really brings you here. Guards, be respectful of our honored guess.
1: My captors were thin, rather pale, glowing creatures, not unlike humans in form, with large almond-shaped eyes. These helped them very much to see in the permanent obscurity of this part of the moon. The palace was illuminated within by swarms of luminescent insects. Butterflies with very large wings, I think they were. Rich tapestries hung on both sides of the audience chamber where the queen and her court heard my tale. So, upon reading the mysterious book by this man Cardan, I decided to visit the moon myself to learn if such people really lived here.
0: And as you can see, we do. You were altogether right to come, Cyrano.
1: The two gentlemen who visited this man, Cardin, have since died. We dispatched them to your planet over 200 years ago. They were already old when we sent them.
0: We have waited for an answer, your visit, since then.
1: Really? How long do your people live?
0: Well, that's rather, rather It's all out. right, De Lunel, <sighs> We say? I'll answer this man's questions. He came all this way to meet us, we should be honest with him. Up until a few thousand years ago... Uh, uh, Five thousand four hundred and ten, to be exact. The life expectancy of our people was ten thousand years.
1: Really? How fortunate for you.
0: Well, it was. Only you can imagine the overcrowding such longevity can lead to. And the moon is not a large orb. No, it's not. Then, as de Lunel said... 5,000 or so years ago, one of the lesser gods of the universe, the one your people call the Almighty, Ah. decided that he wanted to lodge the spirits of his dear departed servants on the moon.
1: Yes, I know. I met some of them.
0: Since then, we have been forced to limit the number of years that any of our people may remain here. How do you do that? By sending them to live on other planets. Such as Earth? Yes, although it is no longer a suitable location.
1: Why not? It's pleasant enough, is it not? What Her Majesty means is that there are already too many of us there. Most humans are xenophobic by nature. They dislike strangers, and we fear that if those who are already there are discovered... Oh, it may go badly for them. You may have a point there.
0: But we can see that you are different. You are friendly to strangers, and you appear to like travel. uh, We were hoping that an earthling such as you might come to help us. Oh, how is that? For many years, we have eyed the sun with interest.
1: The sun? (laughs) It might be a suitable place for some of our people to relocate. But alas, we have no way of knowing, short of going there, and that might be quite dangerous. So you want me to go there and find out? Oh, do my! This.
0: It could you? Exactly. Go yes. there and report back to us.
1: Do this, and we will assure your return to him. But how will you send me? Behold. My word. What oh, do you do look it?
0: at?
1: I need not have asked. For these people were adept at travel in space. The machine they showed me consisted of a large egg-shaped crystal inside which I was bidden to sit. Then, by the force of their wills alone, the Moonees succeeded in projecting me toward the solar region without the slightest difficulty. The trip itself took less time than my journey to the Moon, and I landed softly this time in a large rectangular pool of water one of many in that region of the sun, or so it appeared as I descended. Nicola, Avida, come quickly. It appears to be some sort of a traveling machine. What a gorgeous crystal.
0: Oh, Salvador, can I have one?
1: There appears to be someone
0: inside it.
1: Fantastico! Oh! The inhabitants of this place look to be entirely human, though in near nakedness. They seem surprised, but not entirely taken aback by my arrival. What a wonderful piece of engineering! Hello there. What place is this? Why, it's the Sun
0: City Artists and Inventors Club pool, of course. And if you are not a member, you should be. It is not (laughs) so. Ho, 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 indeed. Club pool?
1: Congratulations, sir. A fine star. Nikola Tesla. Savignon de Cyrano Bergerac. Pleased to meet you all. Salvador Dali. And this is my wife, Avida, because she is Avida de Todo.
0: (laughs) I just love your traveling egg.
1: It's not mine, really. It belongs to the Muniz. The Muniz? That's right.
0: Are you one of them?
1: No, I'm from Earth. Ah, really? Queen Blanche and the court of the moon send greetings. But you're
0: they... from the Earth?
1: Yes. The, the Earth? Yes, indeed. I left there by means of this jacket covered with small vials of dew, you see? Oh, genius. From there, I traveled to Canada in New France. I told them my adventure and of all the fun I had had among the people I had met. The inhabitants of the sun seemed uninterested in any of them, but they asked many questions about my craft and about my flying jacket. I made no further mention of my commission from the Moonies, nor did I tell them about the apple from the Tree of Life, for fear that they would steal it. But you must tell us more about your inventions. Are you free for, say, lunch? Lunch?
0: How do you say, uh, to eat? Not
1: you... Ah, food! Ah, Oui, manger, of course. They took me to a nearby inn and fed me, asking many more questions about my travels. I, in turn, learned from this man Tesla that they were not truly men at all, but human souls ready to be born on Earth. The entire future of humanity was here on the sun, the one called Dali said, like so many actors waiting for their turn to go on stage. Mm. How do you get to her? When it's your time. Oh, that is easy. We descend on rays of the sun. In light itself? Of course. Do you remember sitting in school or in church, looking at the sunlight streaming in, that there were always, how do you say, little specks of dust dancing in the light? mouths they are called, Saladon. Yes, yes. That is how the souls get down to earth. Yes, but tell us about the industries of the moon. Well, I didn't see any. Oh. But the bread was divine. Oh. When we returned to the pool, I discovered to my horror that the Mooney's space egg was gone. I stared in utter disappointment at the spot where it had sat and wondered how I would ever manage to get back to Earth. I am lost. How will I ever get home? Oh, this is no problem. You have simply to descend as we do. In a of dust. Is that possible? I mean... I'm not like you. Why not? Come on. Well, I will just slip you into the line. I'm flesh and blood. Huh? What is this flesh and blood? It's that it is a very nice jacket, though. Do you not think the little vials would look better
0: filled with creme de <laughs>
1: But I can't go in that way Sure you can. You want to get the surf, don't you? Now you just step right in here. I didn't have to wait. It seems there was a great war on Earth at that time, and fresh souls were much in demand. I was sorry not to see my friends on the moon again. If I had, I wouldn't have had good news. The people of the sun would not welcome them any more than those on Earth, unless they had souls to save, or something of even greater value to steal. Me, I was born into a family of Cajun Mardi Gras mambo bearers in New Orleans, Louisiana, 350 years after I had departed Paris. Uh Yeah, that's lit good now, chef. Do you suppose if we hook these up to propane tanks? I never saw Lucinda again, nor any of the remarkable people I had met during my travels, although perhaps I will someday, in heaven. I lost the apple from the tree of life during the process of being reborn, but the experience building rockets in Quebec came in very handy. Other Worlds, a voyage to the moon and to the sun in the year 1650. A dramatization of the account by Sauvignon de Cyrano Bergerac was written and directed by Charles Potter. In the cast, you heard Jason Culp, Merwin Goldsmith, Earl Hammond, Timothy Jerome, April Ortiz, Simon Prevel, and Elizabeth Swain. Sound effects by Arthur Miller. Mix by David Rapkin. Produced by Brian Smith. This has been a production of the Sci-Fi Channel's Seeing Ear Theater.